This is a Sprite. And it tastes exactly like it sounds. That first hit of cool, crisp refreshment on your tongue. Followed by that familiar chorus we all know by heart. Sprite. Thirst for yours. Hey guys, this episode of Life is Dope is brought to you by Megafauna. Uh, Megafauna is a creative supply located at 31st and Blake in the Rhino Art District in Denver, Colorado. For a full list of design, print, and creative services, they're available at artperil.com. That is artperil.com. The set curator for Life is Dope is Duncan Dash Designs. For all of your interior design and art curator needs, visit DuncanDash.com. Catering and beverage is sponsored by Barrels Beer Company, located in the Rhino Art District. Barrels is a true small batch brewer located at 3120 Blake Street. Check him out at BarrelsBeerCo.com. Drink up. Also, shout out to The Sessions. They're an affiliate media partner that produces a live music event bi-monthly as a platform for independent musicians and artists. Check him out at The Sessions Uncut on Facebook. Hell yeah! Life is Dope Podcast. I'm your man Graffiti. It's good. It's Davey. Oh, I'm struggling today, man. And it's, it's partially your fault. What happened? What did I do? Hennessy. You did me wrong, brother. I wish you were talking about. Fifth. <laughs> yeah, you, you drank the fifth. That's what that was, man. One, two, three, four. But nah, man, we back in the building. We got a special guest. As always, we got my man Delroy Kill. Y'all make some noise for Delroy. Up? Hey, 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 hey. Nice, nice, nice. So for the people out there that don't know, can you just tell them a little bit about yourself, what you do? Um, I'm Delroy Gill. I'm a professional real estate agent. Um, I'm originally from London, England, but I've been in and around Denver for, um, since like 1998. Okay. Nice. London, England. That's why you got the whole little Idris joint going on. <laughs> <laughs> dressed to the nines right yeah, now. Right, right, right. I see you. I man. come dressed like I'm going to work. This is work for me, so nice. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Cool. Professional real estate agent. Mm-hmm. So what's the name of your company? So I actually just made a transition. Um, I was previously with Remax, and I just jumped into the luxury real estate market, and now I'm working with a company named Liv Sotheby's, who actually started in London too, but is known kind of around the world for luxury and okay. selling above a million dollar houses. Woo. Flex, that's luxury. How'd you get into this market, man? What, what got you into real estate? Um, I just kind of always been... I've been around it my whole life. Like my family, um, they've they've always like done their own work in their house. If we needed to knock down a wall, I was given a hammer, gone knock that wall down, put a hole in it, fix the wall, do the plasterboard, smash the concrete. So I've always kind of just been in and around it. Um, obviously, probably not in, enjoying it when I was a kid because yeah. they're telling me what to do and making me work. So I'm just looking at it as work, but. As you grow older and then you buy your house and then you realize they're fixing it up so they can make a little bit of money. Right. So then when they resell it and then you're like, oh, this is like a little career kind of job profession on the side hustle um, kind of situation. So I've in and always been around it, basically. So okay. I've, I, I kind of wanted to I knew I was going to get into real estate, I would say. Probably since I was like 
11 years old. Nice. Like, I knew this is what I'm going to do. Working clubhouses. <laughs> and <laughs> boxes and shit so, I just, yeah, I've always been into, like, entrepreneur, hustling, salesman. I've always, always, always been into that lane. So, okay. it was just a natural progression. What was your first hustle? Um, that actually made you a little bit of little money. Bit. It wasn't anything good, man. Uh, <laughs> oh. I would recommend to children out there to do. My first hustle, that could, I'll tell you this. So, the first when I moved to Denver, okay. Uh, this is funny. So, I used to I used to go to the flea market, mm. yeah, and I used to get fake Rolexes, and I used to take them back to like the suburbs. And I would sell them to rich people, uh, and they were bad. And I would tell them they're fake, but they 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 actually showboated on me one time, and they was like, you know, I buy these just because I don't want to ruin my real Rolex. And I was like, you ain't got wow. no real Rolex. <laughs> and then one dude was like, come, and it was like some luxury apartments. He's like, took me to the house, and he had like seven big green boxes, and I was like, wow. But I was did making I was making some good bread though. Did you rob them? <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. I was like, because you see the thing. Is, I was thinking, yeah, I could take this. But then you think to yourself, how much more money am I going to make if right. I build this relationship with this person? And that's how I kind of see all business anyway. you got to build good relationships with people. So, nah, I never thought that. Definitely, definitely. That's kind of crazy. You might have said something right there. So, the rich people just buy the fake stuff to not ruin the real stuff. Yeah, they just wear it like that's if gang. they're at the swimming pool and different things. And I thought, it was, I thought he was seriously joking me. Like, I think yeah. I bet him. I said, I actually did. I bet him. I said... I said, if you've got a real one, I'll give you this watch for free. Wow. I did. And then he still ended up paying me, but I, I told him I don't want your money. And then, because I, I just thought, wow, this is a serious guy right here. Like, he had about seven Rolexes, and I was like, wow. But I was, I was buying them for like $40, and no joke, I was selling for about three, four hundred. Ooh, profit margins. A piece back in them days. So I was. I think that hustle can still work. Too, I was probably there's people out there doing it, but I don't. Yeah, so send that, my son to a flea market right now. Right now. <laughs> that's <laughs> grab that's, a roly. That's what I first started doing when I came to Denver. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So you have a lot of rich. So rich people they end up buying the fake stuff, and normally it's the people who can't afford it that try to buy the real stuff. What's like? What's your concept on that? Um, not being able to afford the real thing, but they still try to buy it anyway. Like. Do people tend to like purchase things that they can't really afford? Or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, all right. So my obviously in the real estate industry and the business, a part of our job is to basically appraise in a person. Mm-hmm. Like we, I have to look at you and know if what you're telling me is authentic, and can you really buy the house you're telling me to buy? One because I'm going to take my time out from clients who have a pre-qualified to buy a house and come and meet with you just from our verbal conversation or you've called me because you've seen a sign outside. So I've got to ask key questions or see you visually and say, hmm, is he really what he says he is or is he really how he looks or what, what, is, what is this guy really about? So I, I definitely see a lot of the time the guy who has flashing showboat, Gucci belt, shoes... Mm green and red all over his body and then he tries to qualify for house can only qualify for two hundred thousand dollars but he spends two grand in the club on a friday and i'm like there's 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 a disconnect yeah yeah right there between that person and and then on the on the flip side of it the guy who's just kind of mediocre he's a cool guy who don't showboat and brag the guy's qualified for 750 and i'm Mm. like oh okay so yeah, it, that that is a a common thing that you see. The fake ballers, definitely. 
Definitely. With no credit. <laughs> with, with terrible. <laughs> I got to send them to credit repair on a regular basis. Yeah. But, but it's all good because everybody has to start from somewhere though. Right, so I'm right. not knocking them. Yeah. Sometimes it's more, it's not even, you see the thing is sometimes it's not about like um, that they're even trying to showboat. It's more that they're not even educated as to how to, to get into the money circle mm. or how they should spend their money or the value of things like their value might be in those clothes and those items and that club and looking like a certain way they might see that as their value not knowing that in the long run that's like a short-term thing that that all those people and those friends and those clubs you ain't really going to make real money with those people that you drink with and do all that stuff with on a regular basis so you're going to go home to your wife and kids or to your apartment or wherever it is close the door and there's going to be roaches in your house by yourself. Mm-hmm. Or there's going to be marble floors by yourself with your family. So that's really what you got to focus on yourself and what's going to bring you money in the long term, not just think about, right now I'm going to make it look like I'm a baller in the yeah. club. Like, no, nah, that don't work. That don't Cut work. that shit out. <laughs> Fake baller alert. Man, so to rewind it a little bit, you said uh, just the knowledge, them not knowing you know, about credit and all that. Mm. I wanted to bring that up for sure. Um, I know, especially in our community, we don't really learn that at a young age, right? Because um, now I'm at the age where you know I'm trying to buy a house and all that okay. stuff, and I I'm like, know a good agent. Just yeah, 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 man. <laughs> I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm like, damn. I wish I'd have known about credit and all this stuff right. when I was younger. And yes. then, like, even just in high school and all that, I know a little something. But it's like, man, fuck it. I'll just use cash. Cause right. I, kind of just always had cash right, right. <laughs> yeah but now that i'm older i'm like that that wasn't the move right. i should have been trying to get this credit score up so how did you learn that was that instilled in you or nah so definitely like uh, my family like, i'm from london but my family is jamaican mm. um so i'm from a caribbean background and so they had hella jobs uh yeah yeah definitely <laughs> definitely definitely there was always some working going on a lot of work yeah. um but also on the same side of it they're they're not really like open speaking financially like jamaicans are known like if you speak to a jamaican family like secrets and like hiding their finances is like don't ask how much something costs or where did you get that like you're not getting the answer like they're not <laughs> telling you anything so no that was never something that was really taught or explained to me mm. at all um like i used to sometimes see money not really know how it's made i didn't i had to kind of that's one of the things i figured out on my own and so coming from that background i'm the same way like i've i've gone through the ups and downs i've had bad credit i've had to figure it out by myself or not known what certain things do and how they maneuver i've just figured it out by myself basically and put people around me to kind of yeah. See how it works. I I just always know what I want to do, and then I got to figure out like you right now. Mm-hmm. It, 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 even if it's later in life, you're like I want to buy a house now. So now I've got to figure out what I need to do, and you're like credit is a part of that. So now yeah. you got to figure it out. I was just early in terms of because I knew I wanted to get a house. I was finding out the information. Right. How do I do that? And, and credit was one of those things, especially when I came to America. So yeah, I've I've had bad credit and. Everybody can fix their credit. Everyone can. It's not. Let's they, talk about that they, a little bit because you know we niggas <laughs> we, we keep it real. We need that advice, man. Like, how, yeah. What's the first step to get your credit up for real? All right. So don't be scared of your credit. First of all, 
everyone, like, let's say right now, if you're thinking about doing something, whether it's a car, house, or you just want to fix your credit, no matter what it is, I would always say have a goal in place so you just know, like, the end result. Because with money, I don't know if we'll talk about this later, but just in general, if you're trying to make it in life or you're trying to certain earn a certain amount of money, you need items, things, places to go, things to attach that money to. If you want to earn 100 grand, if you don't say, I want a Mazzy and I want that house or I want that holiday or vacation, I want to, you ain't going to get that 100 grand, bottom line. But back to the credit. If you are trying to fix your credit, get your credit pulled. Get, and I would say do it with a mortgage person. And the reason I say that is because in the mortgage industry, they are the most uh, scrutinizing people when it comes to your credit, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to tell you every little thing you need to repair it. So they'll say, okay, you've got collections, you've got missed payments, all the things that's messed up on your credit, they're going to say, do X, Y, and Z just to fix what's there. And then they're also going to give you a plan to say, okay, now, like what I had to do, I'll talk about my personal situation. Yeah. Basically, when I came to the country, I was the same like you. In I, Everything I did was cash. My right. car that I bought was cash. Everything that was just, um, excuse me, what I was used to. So then, to get credit, after your credit's built up, you need to get, the easiest way to do it is get a secured credit card. Okay. Secure credit card means basically you take money out of your own pocket, you give it to the bank, and they give you a credit card that is that same amount of money limit mm. that you're going to use when you go and spend it. So if you give them 500 there's a $500 limit on the credit card. You use that, and that's going to report. You basically got to kill all the negatives on your credit with positives okay. to be able to build it up. Um, so that's that's really the main... Secured credit card. Secure credit card. And never spend more than 30% on any card that you own. So mm. if the balance is... a hundred, If your limit is $100, you, you look at that card as you only got a $30 limit mm. because that is going to keep your credit. If you go over 50%, if you spend more than $50... It's going to flag your credit and say high credit user. And that's right. going to affect you negatively. Nice. Okay. Okay. Game. 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 Free game. So as far as uh, making money in the real estate game, mm. how many different ways can you make it? Is it just by buying and selling houses or or is it helping people sell their houses? Or, mm. Oh, man. You know, what are the different aspects of, of making money in real estate? There's the, So the real estate, if you're talking about the industry... Of real estate, there's so, so, so many ways. Um, So let's talk about, so from me, I'm a real estate agent. I can buy and sell houses for clients, right? Help them buy and sell houses and make a commission. That's one way. You can purchase your own properties, make a commission and make profit Mm. on the house itself. That's another way. You can um, be an investor yourself, meaning if you find a house that you like and I want to give you 10 grand, you go do all the work. Right. I want 15 grand back. You can make up whatever numbers or add whatever percentages you want back on your money. Um, that's that's really it that I would say on your license in terms what you could do. When you don't have a license, sometimes there's actually more money you can make. You can do different deals that I cannot do because I have a license and an insurance that I have to protect and right. do certain things that's on the border um, of, of staying on the straight and narrow compared to some investors can go into the gray areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they can do different things on there. But that's just in even just in the real estate business. Then there's the mortgage business where they can be 
the finances, give money, do that type of stuff. Then there's the title companies who insure the types of loans. Then there's home inspectors, appraisers. Um, it, it, it just it just can go on and on and on. There's a lot of money to be made in real estate, and there's enough money Man. for everyone. Like there's there's jobs and lines of work in so many different ways. There's people that do podcasts just like this. Yeah. There's people that just do real estate podcasts and get paid, or they do seminars and just talk about real estate. Yeah. So you can do whatever. I've low key always wanted to be in the real estate business um but i ain't know how to get started man like so still i want to i want to don't get do in it the, i want to get don't in do business. it no. <laughs> i want to get in the business but you just said something right there because there's a lot of ups and downs with the business yeah um, as far as you know the market <sighs> what's the biggest struggle of being in this industry um man that's a good question um the struggles i mean Man, that's a that's a good question. That's a good. <laughs> if there question. ain't no struggles and shit. No, no, there is. Maybe I need to get in that business. No, there's there's a <laughs> lot of struggles, but you see, for me, like, I enjoy that struggle. Okay. I enjoy it. Like that's like to me, that's like the hustle in it. Mm. The hustle in real estate is what I enjoy. So a lot of people don't like going out there working. I love working. Yeah. I, I love getting out and grinding. I love going out and meeting people. I love negotiating deals finding new clients like that's what i love about it so that's that's probably if you ask most of the real estate agents like them having to continually always try and find new business right is probably one of the toughest things for people but i actually enjoy that i would say the only real hang up for me in real estate is dealing with broke people <laughs> nah I, I enjoy that too man i like i like bringing my people up like yeah. i love Taking someone who never thought in their entire life could buy a house and qualify and their credit is messed up. And then you take them from that point into buying their first home and then to their second home and, and they just cashed out and made 50 Gs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ain't never seen 50 Gs before in their, in their hand. They just got a check out close of 50 grand. Right. Bro, how can you not love that? That's, That's true. Before. That, That's true. Oh, bro, in Denver, so when I first got into the business, it was the... It was the very like a couple months before the recession started to hit right so when i was getting in the business every all the real estate agents were actually getting out of the business people was telling me i was crazy mm. like are you not why are you getting into the real estate industry like it's a recession the house prices are down nobody can sell the houses are upside down so for the first two three years of my business all I did was help people who were almost getting kicked out of their houses, who where the police were showing up and literally throwing people out onto the street yeah. with their homes. And I was Damn. going in, fighting for those people to keep them inside their houses, selling their house. Like, the house was worth 250 and now it's only worth 100 grand. And I've got to tell the bank, let these people breathe. Yeah. Don't worry about your 150 right now. Wave that. And they was waving wow. 150 grand from people's mortgages. And then those same people couldn't buy a house for two years and I was helping them and then they come back, they fix their credit. I've gone through that process with them. Now they can rebuy a house and now with the market, that same house that they bought, Denver's nuts. This market's crazy. Prices are crazy. Yeah, They've sold right. their house. They bought a house for 150, 175. They're now, this is a true story. They, somebody, I just sold it. They sold the house for 350. Damn. 100, almost 150 racks. Profit. 
This is somebody who could not even qualify to buy a house a few years ago. Right. And now they just bought another house for 400 put down 20%, and still kept, like, 90 racks in their pocket. Dang. Shit. So how did the uh, the recession and the, the housing market crash, how did that affect the um, the real estate market? Oh, man. It was it was a it was a duck. You see the lightning's coming yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now. That's how it affects. Shit just got really real. <laughs> right. The lightning storm <laughs> the and the thunderstorm right came there. in. Right. <laughs> so so that that's how it was. It was like a, it was like a thunderstorm, man. It was like people was losing their homes. Um, I mean, when I was getting in, and I came in the game um, into Remax. So I'm talking about established agents who have been in the game for thirty years, right. twenty five years. And I've got my office, and then homeboy next door to me is literally packing up his stuff because wow. he can't get no business or because all of his business is gone and he don't know what to do. Yeah. He's just, he's out of the game. He's going and working at Home Depot. Dudes that was making 500 grand a year next door to me closed up shop and went to work at Home Depot. Yeah. True story. Shout out to all the real estate agents now working out. <laughs> I thought I might have to go work at IKEA a couple times, but <laughs> I slid through. I kept grinding, but so yeah, it just it was a dark time. Um, it was a lot of people, including myself. Again, I like so everything I tell people most of the time, just not just here because I mentor people and and I also like uh, just try and give out information on the internet and on Facebook and all that too, but. A lot of the times, the stuff that I'm saying is from personal experience. I'm not just, like, making something up or telling you from so-and-so. Like, it's it's either me, I've gone through it, or I've gone through it with a client. So, yeah. even when I, when I say that and the recession, how it affected people or the way we got into it, when I bought my first house in America, I couldn't afford to buy that house. Mm-hmm. Really and truly. The only way I could afford to buy that house is because the mortgage industry was a complete and utter sham. Meaning, you got this podcast right now, right? Right. You guys could tell each other, you know what, bro? We want to buy a house and have the podcast in the house. Yeah. And they'll be like, all right, how much you make off the podcast? You'd be like, all right, let me speak to the sponsor. He gives us that amount. How much is our salary? All right, we're going to make up an invoice for 30 grand for him. Yeah. So overall, we're making five Gs a month. From the podcast. Right. You give that to the mortgage person, he's giving you a loan. Okay. As easy, back in them days. Right. I was about to say, write that down. Right? We about to back get in this, the days. We about to get this five racks tonight. <laughs> tonight. Back in the day. That, that was it, basically. You could tell somebody to send you whatever for whatever amount. Yeah. I was making money, but they basically were qualifying me on, on it, on the whole chunk. Mm. Meaning they weren't even saying, okay, well, you make five Gs a month. Really, you should only have a mortgage for two grand or something. Right. They were saying, you can have whatever you want. Yeah. And I was just like, mm, nah, I still want how two Gs a month on a mortgage payment is cool for me right now. Yeah. So I went, luckily, and again, I don't even know how I, in my mind, I came up with that number, but that was really my number. I was like, I ain't paying more than two Gs a month. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause that just seems crazy. Like they was going to give me a house that was 2,700 a month, but it was like back then it was like a four fifty five hundred thousand dollar house. Wow. Yeah. And back th- that was on, I was at 24, 23. Okay. 
And I was like, that seems like that ain't right. Yeah. Like, something don't seem right. I don't think I can afford that big house. Yeah. Like, so it just didn't seem right for me. And I just told him, no, nah, just stick to it at, at two Gs and a fixed rate. Because the other rate, now that I've figured out more stuff, because when I bought that house, I wasn't, a, I wasn't in the real estate industry. I was just, I was just working. Um, so that rate that they were trying to give me was an adjustable rate. Mm-hmm. So when the market would have crashed or whatever, that rate could have changed and been 13% and that 27 payment could have ended up being 34, wow. 5Gs, balloon, I owe 100 grand, whatever it was. So yeah, the, the, the industry, when it was, when it, just before it tanked, that's, that's why it tanked because people was getting money anyhow, any amounts and buying houses. And, and, and if anyone's seen the movie, The Big Short, Mm-hmm. That will that will kind of explain it. That that was really no. That movie is almost to the T. I knew strippers that was having houses. <laughs> like, so so yeah, you could any, anyone could get a house back then. Anybody could get a house. So work. Yeah. So before we even get to the point of thinking about buying a house, you need some money. Mm-hmm. One of the big issues um, I can say for me personally is my money management. Okay make money but i spend it as quick as i get it mm. what's what's some tips you can give us about how to manage money make more money yeah. <laughs> make more that's it that's a very Le- lavar ball answer right. <laughs> make more money you know nah, ball if you um, spend all your money no nah, so it, it's budgeting man and i yeah. think i think everyone again it comes down to like all of these things i think just really are a fear factor to people like i think if people Either pride or fear, one of the two normally. Like if you just take yourself outside that box and say to yourself, okay, I'm making two Gs a month. I'm going to actually look at my expenses and see how much money I spend every month. Like it takes a little bit of time to do it the first time too. But you just got to budget. You're saying you spend more than you make or you're spending it as soon as it comes in. Mm -hmm. If you budget and you have discipline... That's not going to happen no That's more. That's a key word right there. The discipline yeah. or the budget? Discipline. Okay. Why are hurt? What's, what's, what's making you spend, what are you spending your money on? Hella kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're keeping it I real. Got, how many kids do you got? Yeah, I do. How many kids do you got? We got, we got. No, I got, I got four. It's hella, four. but it ain't like hella. All right, I got three. So I'm yeah. one hell behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the hella, but not the A's. So like hell kids. So, but, yeah, uh, I mean, kids are expensive, kids definitely. Kids are expensive. And then I just mean, man, like, just, I don't know. I feel like I've always been working up to getting out of debt. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how the hell I'm in debt, but just naturally, right. we be in debt. So I'm yeah. working towards getting out of debt instead uh, of the opposite. So it's like, damn. I mean, the num. So um, the number one way I would say to to help you get out of debt mm-hmm. is there's this thing called the snowball technique. Have you ever heard of that? I have Dave Ramsey. Exactly. Book, Boom. Yeah. Dave Ramsey. Um, so he basically has like a baby step program, which I've done. I've done that whole program before. Um, again talking about myself so i've been through it um i'm debt free besides my mortgage okay um and basically what it is is you take whatever your smallest debt is so if you've got a credit card for a grand you got a credit card for three g's you got student loan for 150 basically you give everyone the minimal payments and then whatever the smallest payment is so you got the credit card that's a thousand dollars and the payment on there is only twenty dollars a month you double up on that one. You give them $40 a month. Right. So you keep paying off the smallest ones as you go, at the same time budgeting and keeping your money um, disciplined. Mm. 
and then you just start tackling and getting out of debt. But you got re- these things, bro. They're not easy. Yeah, and they, you gotta have the money to do it. Because yes. that was my thing with Dave Ramsey. Like I read the book and all that. I'm like, all right, this is dope. I'm doing the snowball. Yada yada yada. I'm like, wait a minute, but I don't got the bread to even do this. And so now I gotta go make more money. And then I'm creating more bills. It's like, God damn it. Why you make I got to do this all over if you're If you're making more money, why are you creating more bills? Because I buy more expensive shit. <laughs> like, just keeping it real. I know my issues. But, but I'm trying to speak for America right now. <laughs> you are America you know right now. Like, you make a little bit more money, you get a little bit more expensive car. Yeah, which but is see, not what you're supposed the, to do, but right. we can just do that. Now, you, know, you were saying something real quick. Hold on, can I just say, this, this is the problem, though. This problem. speaking for America. For America. In America... I didn't even know about credit cards and car payments until I came to America. Like, I didn't even know about that stuff. Like, in America, they fool you into thinking that the only way to attain something is by getting... Like, when I say something, I mean stuff that's kind of expensive. Not the norm stuff you're going to buy, right? Right. Like a car. Let's just say, for instance, a car. Mm. Car's 20 grand. In most people's minds... They say to themselves, there's no way I'm going to get that car if I'm just going to go to the dealership and pay 20 grand. Right. They're like, to get it, I'm going to get a car payment and I'm going to pay it off. Cool. And then there's the other side of America who looks at me crazy that says, why would you pay for a car cash when you could do X, Y, Z with your money and do other things with your money and make more money? But I'm just trying to be recession proof. Mm. Like, I'm just trying to be... At, to the stage where no matter what happens in the marketplace, no matter what happens with any industry I'm in, if I make a little bit less bread, I'm going to be cool. Right. I don't need like to do something crazy just to floss. Like I'm I'm not at that stage, but people just need to understand that they can they can they can have things and pay cash for them and it's okay and everybody can get that bread if they budget and get disciplined. That's Word. that's that's the main thing. Budget so, and yeah. discipline. So basically it's it's okay to have a cricket phone for a little bit. It's yeah. okay to have only thirteen channels. And we gotta, I, get, I, we gotta get smaller bottles of Hennessy. Definitely. Yeah. Until we get a sponsorship. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> we, I went a little overboard. That was a big ass <laughs> Hennessy. <laughs> this is a big bottle. This is. And definitely, liquor for black people, especially. Liquor is like, bro, do you know how much money I save by not really going out these much? Like, the That's club real. can take away your pocketbook real quick. Real, Facts. real quick. Facts. I'm telling you. It kind of makes you feel like you have to spend money, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can't like, be out and not spend money. Like, there would be. Like, to some people, is that no point in going? And and do you know what the flip side of it is? Mm. Sorry to the club owners. I love everyone that's a club owner, but I know some of them. <laughs> and in, some of them are in the room. Go out. Have a good time. Celebrate. Live life. Have celebrations. This is hell like a completely, completely fine. Drink responsibly. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, I mean, bro, the markups on some of the prize is... It's crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. You're paying right. for the experience. Mm. Right. <laughs> right. Feeling. That feeling. That feeling. I like to pay for the experience of having money in my bank account. Ooh. There's a different Flex. experience. There's a different Flex. experience. It's not even like it's real. <laughs> it's just a different experience. So how much money do I need to get a house or a condo or, you know, I just want to buy my first property? What, yeah. You know, numbers-wise, what should I be looking at? So the, so the baseline... Um, of it, which most first-time home buyers do, which is called an FHA loan. Mm-hmm. Okay, three and a half percent down. So two fifty, three hundred thousand dollar house. You're looking anywhere from 
seven to ten G's is what you're looking at um, to be able to buy your property. So that that's really the baseline. But there are programs that's available where you can have no money, you can have zero money down. So again, that's why you speak to a mortgage person. Um, and when you get your credit pulled and you're trying to repair your credit, that's why I say is that's real estate is always the best avenue to go down when you're trying to figure shit out with, when it yeah. comes down to money, because they're not just going to help you fix your credit. They're also going to help you try and get an asset. They're also going to take you down the road of explaining all the stuff you need and how to buy a house. You're going to get a lot of information when you do it that way. So I definitely always recommend speaking to a mortgage person. Okay. Right now, with the way the industry and the market is right now, um, it definitely makes more sense to buy than rent, would you say? Definitely. Well, in Denver. Okay. So let's not even, we can't even blanket the whole country because there's some places where it's cheap. Like, we're buying houses, me and my team are looking at buying houses outside of the state, and it's way cheaper and rent is low and everything. But in Denver, if we're talking about Denver where we are, yeah, the the rent market is nuts. You're going to probably save at least 20 to 30% compared to what you're paying in rent mm. than what you would pay if you just have a mortgage. So you'd be... I think a lot of people don't realize that either. It's just like you think you should <laughs> you, rent. Cause you know what a lot of people say to me all the time that rent? They're like, man, I don't want to be stuck in a house. I don't, I don't want to be like... What if I want to move? I'm young. Like, I, I might leave the state. I might yeah. do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, all right. Tell your rent complex that you want to leave next month and see what they say to you. Yeah. I mean, you can't do it. you you got more flexibility in owning a house than you do if you rent. Like, so people that say that and they don't want to be stuck, I'm like, that's that's in your mind. That's just in your mind. You're moving every year thinking you're flexible when really you're losing money, you're Mm. wasting your time, and you're actually caught more in a loop of, of a trapped place than you are if you buy a house. Playing yourself. Definitely. So buy a house. Holla at my man Delroy and get Definitely. you one. Word. Shit, man. I'm, I'm being educated right now. Because I'm, I'm going to holla at you and buy a house. Definitely. But the main thing that I want to get on the board, and especially for the people listening, is just money management, man. I feel like we struggle in our community with managing money. Um, we're getting money, spending it wrong, balling on them uh, $495 LeBar. What's his name? Bar, ball. Yeah, them oh, kicks don't. Ball. They don't even look big, good. Yeah, so, yeah, did you think they were nice? Yeah, hell no, man. Okay, all right. So they, it's not they, just me. They look all right, but they it doesn't look five hundred dollars worth. Nothing no. looks five hundred dollars worth. You get though. some Balenciagas or something like that. But still, you ain't buy no damn. But I don't even know how to spell that. But at least, at least, <laughs> but, you see, but at least with those kicks, you know the material. You know the yeah. the time frame they they're gonna last. They're gonna yeah. last a long time because they're made with a certain material. His kicks don't. They don't. Look, they look like they're gonna get creases in them early. But would it be better? I mean, if I got the money to buy it, to just have that discipline and be like, nah, I'm just going to buy these chucks. That's how the rich stay rich? Yeah. Right. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to money management, you got to be real with yourself. You got to ball on your budget, man. Mm. Ball out on your budget because if you're balling out and trying to showboat, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect you in the long run. Like, there's, there's no other way to look at it. And it's, bro, I, swear, I take this stuff so serious, like, because the the thing is, is people don't really. Sometimes people with this YOLO, I'm gonna dude live life right now, whatever, whatever. Like you, bro, you, you're not. More than likely, you're gonna live until you're 80, bro. Right. Like that's more likely than you dying tomorrow. I'm sorry. Mo- 
We are not having the majority of our friends die versus the majority of our friends live. Right. I've had people that have passed away in my life and friends and family, but the majority of people are here living and breathing mm -hmm. and living a long time. So if you're not thinking that way, bro, I, I would hate to see what happens when you're 60. Like, I always see, like, when I, when I see people and they're older and, like, they haven't managed or, like, now they're getting worried and stressed about retirement or how they're going to live, you're, you're young for the smallest portion of your life. Word. You're old for way longer. Mm. So if you don't live with that mindset like, bro, I need to make sure when I'm older, I'm kushti, bro, you're going to be in problems. Got to think for the future. You said kushti too. I think that might be the word. So that's that's the word of the day. Kushti. <laughs> now, now, as far as um, like black communities, Latino communities, minority communities, do they have like the same concept um, you know, in, in London and in England, as far as, you know, is it the same as it is over here in the States or is it like the culture? Kind of, yeah. The culture of, I mean, so in England, I mean, Latinas is like a different thing. Like we don't have, we don't really have Hispanics in, in like, we don't have Mexicans. Okay. Let's just make, yeah. I don't want to even mess this up <laughs> for my people's <laughs> out there. But right, right. But we don't really have <laughs> too many Mexicans out there. Right. Awesome. But we got a lot, we got people from Spain <laughs> and yeah. Portugal and you know that type. But I mean, Lon London is a is a very very diverse place. It's a multicultural place. Um, there to me, it's a place. It's like New York City, in it. There's always something to do. There's a lot of culture and there's a lot of black people in London. There's way more black people than there is in Denver. Way crazy. more. That's crazy. Like, you get off the plane and you're in London, especially if you're in South London, where I'm from, mm. you're not, you won't see that many white people. Wow. You won't. So I guess in London, do they look at finance and I guess the culture, is it the same as black people here in America? I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think that there's a, a, a large enough percentage of us that really care about being flashy and not saving up and thinking about our future, even though the majority of us do, you yeah, know, we, we do save up and we do, yeah. you know, we go by right. the book, we go to school, we do everything like that. Yeah, in, in, in London, it's funny because I just came back like about two, three weeks ago. And when I went back to London this time for the first time, I have seen the internet take over. Mm. The wave is real. Like, I couldn't tell the difference between like the 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 personality the dress code the styling the food everything was american mm. whereas it was completely different back when i first came to denver like we if you in london we didn't even have fitted hats yeah yeah so when you went if you saw someone in london back in the days with a fitted hat you know they had traveled to america yeah. to come back now everyone wears a fitted hat or they wear a certain styling because of the internet. Like, all the young kids in London walk around looking like Chief Keith and their gang. It's completely blended. And, and I say that to merge into the, the finance part of it. Now, in London, you probably don't catch people buying a car without doing a, a payment on it. Big payments. Yeah. You won't find people getting going on holiday without using their credit card or paying for it. You know, so it's where I see America now is actually becoming more aware. Mm -hmm. England is becoming less aware. They're like dumbing themselves down America because tainted them. God damn it, America! But it, it, it's slightly, <laughs> slightly because they think like when they see 
the love and hip hop or the lifestyles, mm. they're not really knowing what goes on behind the scenes that it's rented cars, that their cars are leased. Like right. these people that they might think are rich ain't really rich. Yeah. So they're trying to obtain that now, and the way they figured out how to do it is by doing what Americans what what they do. Good segue, because I was gonna say, what's the hip hop scene like in London? Oh, it's big man. It's it's it's, it's I know you I know you fuck with hip hop. Yeah, right? definitely, definitely. <laughs> I mean I am a hip hop baby. I can't like you see how I do real estate and how I do all my moves is based around coming and knowing people from the street and music industry. That's my whole background. Yeah. So that's how I maneuver in, in business just in general. So yeah, we got we got rappers and we got grime MCs if anyone's familiar with that. Um, that's really our two big scenes right now. Graham is the biggest scene. There's an artist called Skepta who's kind yeah, of yeah, moving and bubbling. He's like the forefront of it right now. But we've always had a strong, heavy music scene in London because most of the people um, in London or the people of culture came from outside like Jamaican. Most of them are Jamaican or African. So we always had big on reggae, big on Afro beats. All of that was like... That's normal. I didn't really like. I didn't really start listening to rap music until like Snoop Dogg's first album. That was the first time I started listening to rap. Before that, it was straight uh, techno, which mm. is not really techno to us, but I'll give it that broad thing. But drum and bass exactly is what it was when I was growing up. Drum and bass or reggae; those were the only two musics that I listened to. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Um, I, I guess to to make it social again. Um, so I know as, as far as like with American black history, you know, we had slavery, we had... It's about to get deep. Yeah, the <laughs> right. water, here's that part. We had the civil rights movement. Let me loosen my tie. <laughs> as compared to like Great Britain where they, they, they ended slavery sooner, right? In England? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I, I make sure again, I'm not the, 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 the historian or anything. I, I guess what I want to ask is, do you see the same level of cultural PTSD in London mm. that has similarly affected America, like black people in America. Yeah. And, and to be more specific, um, there's this level of, I, I think that there's a level of, how would I say? I think black people in America don't feel like they have either the the ability or the permission to do a lot of things that white people feel like we naturally feel held back yeah we naturally feel held back we kind of don't feel like we can or have the permission to do what a lot of white people feel like that they can do freely and part of that would be like the the financial market Mm -hmm. the housing market is there that same level of feeling held back in london um it's getting deep deep. so (laughs) couple of things couple of things so one in in reality Black Americans are held back, right? Number one. Right. Um, number two. England is a place where, when when the big flock came over, they had the freedom to come there. We came there on our own free will. All the Jamaicans, my granddad, his granddad, they came there because they wanted to. Um, there was a pass given. They came there. So no, definitely the culture. Um, not to say there wasn't slavery in, in, in any of these places or stuff didn't happen and yeah. there was oppression, whatever. That did happen. But I'm saying as an upbringing now, um, there is definitely... And I've, I've 
I can see it more when you come from outside of America. Yeah. Especially me being black and I've come from outside and now I'm living here in America and I see the mentality of both sides of white people and black people here. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm in a weird place in the middle, but I'm black. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like right. <laughs> let's be clear. Um because people do, like people will look at me like like I'm like some indifferent, like I'm like on the sideline here with not that I'm black. Yeah. Like, I'm from England but I've got an accent but I'm still black. Um and so there's 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 like a there's an outside mentality where there's a lot of people outside of America look at America like, Oh, you lot have all the opportunities. Why don't you lot just take advantage? Like, look, there's yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. here making all this money. Why can't you do that? Why can't you do this? And then being here, and and especially being in the industry I'm in, I've seen it firsthand where people, rich people, a black guy's got millions of dollars, try and buy a building yeah. and get rejected by the state multiple times. Mm. And then the building gets bought by somebody who's foreign, who is actually black too, and it was sold to him in two seconds. Wow. Um, and it was down to just, they can say whatever they want to say about it, but it was the fact they didn't want it to be run and held by a black person. He was a doctor. Um, so I've seen it firsthand that there 100% is factors in front of you um, as black people in America. But at the same time, I think with the wave of the internet and and the mentality of self-awareness, I think that barrier is being kicked down every single day now. No. Like, I'm yeah. telling, I, I speak to people all the time like people call me and they want to grow their business and this and that like unless you literally have a store that's selling like African merchandise or American merchandise in the store you can maybe complain but I'm going to tell you why don't you just sell it on the internet like if the product right. is good yeah. you can sell it wherever like there ain't no there ain't no barriers these days and the market don't care about your colour yeah, like yeah. in reality like you can do whatever you want to do now and not be stuck in America anymore Facts. you can do it your podcast this is worldwide at the end of the day hell yeah Where, it like, is there we are shout out right, to France especially now South London <laughs> yo we're here hell yeah so like you can it's, it's, it's so many opportunities not just in America anymore yeah. when you're trying to do when you talk about actual business but if you're a real estate agent and it's a face to face on the ground thing yeah you, you might there might be some adverse barriers to you, but that's why you got people like me who don't care, who knows he's black, and I walk into any place and then I bring people right with me that look like me. So and get that bag, yeah, secure. secure in the bags. Hell yeah, Trust. man. Well, damn, bro, man, we can go on for days, but we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. All right, man. But if there's something you could leave the world with, what would it be? Man, spread the knowledge. Spread the knowledge. Don't be afraid to spread what you know. Any information that you have, like when I die, I'm trying to leave every piece of knowledge that I have on this earth and give it away. Give it away to my kids. Give it to my wife. Give it to my friends, my family. Like there's no point of us hiding our knowledge or our money or how we did it. Give it away, man. Give it away. It's free. You earned it. Pass it on to the next person. You'll only be blessed with more success if you can do that. So that's what I'd say. Bars. So as far as people who want to be able to reach you, uh, how can we get in touch with you? Social media? Social media. Definitely the the best and easiest place is add me on Facebook, Delroy Work Hard Gill. 
Um, I'm on Snapchat and Instagram as well. Uh, work hard 2012 is is all my handles everywhere else. But Delroy Work Hard Gill on Facebook, add me. Yes, sir. Hey, man, let's make some noise for my man Delroy Gill. Hey. If y'all out there, follow the uh, Life is Dope podcast yeah. on Instagram uh, at Life is Dope podcast. Follow graffiti for sure. Put your stuff graffiti. Graffiti the plug at graffiti the plug across the board. Yeah. Follow Davy Remix across the board. Yeah. Get, follow him right now because this nigga disappears on social media. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> do I that mean, right now. I be deleting my stuff. Word, man. It's Life is Dope podcast. I'm graffiti. I'm Dave. Hell yeah. Skirt. This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water, vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glasso. This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water, vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glasso.